Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wheat and Kelly McVeigh. Wonderful to have you today. We are doing a two-parter with Roderick Pauly, Chief Creative Officer at Mills James, based in Columbus, Ohio, which is a production company, big production company. We're doing a two-parter because there's just so much to talk about in the events space, and a lot of you guys out there who are in direct sales and events and all that stuff, uh, you're going to want to check this one out because he's got so much knowledge. Kelly and Roderick talk about his career shift from Los Angeles to Columbus, Ohio, which usually doesn't go that direction, but he definitely found himself at uh, Newark's Lonenberger many years ago after working for Disney and Universal Studios. So it's a very unique shift, and professionally, that's it was so interesting for me to listen to. They also um, had an experience having a float in the Rose Parade. He then worked for Ohio Health and then is now at Mills James as the managing partner. So excited to have him. Let's get started. Okay, Greener Grass listeners, I have to say this is a first ever, the first time we've ever had a guest back um, so quickly. We have a few that are on the dock that we want to have come back, um, you know, because they're writing a book or they've got something going on, but we wanted to have Roderick back, um, back-to-back episodes because there's so much that we shared, talked about, but so much that we didn't get a chance to share and talk about. And so welcome back, Roderick. One whole week since you've talked to us. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for having, having me back. I appreciate it. I know. And I felt like we had um, some new listeners jump in because of you. That's how famous you are here in the Columbus area that we had new listeners jump in and um, hopefully they loved greener grass when they stay, but so fun to talk to you. And I feel like what I originally, originally thought I was going to talk to you from a story perspective was the fact that you were at Disney, you were at Universal, started this incredible career and then relocate to the Midwest um, and you're, this is where our paths crossed in the sense that we were both at Longaburger. I've talked about Longaburger on here. We had Tammy Longaburger on, but what makes someone like you leave that sweet spot and change paths and come to the Midwest and particularly Ohio? <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's always an interesting question. Um, Are you still wondering that yourself or you feel confident? No, 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 I'm totally confident. I wouldn't have stayed here for, you know, what is it, 20 years now? Um, if uh, if I didn't love it, uh, and I absolutely do. Um, I think it's it's the people, you know? I think it's the people, I think it's the atmosphere. Um, at first, it was um, all about, I had never lived in the Midwest. You know, I lived uh, or spent time on, on, you know, both coasts and a lot of time there. And after 9-11, um, I think I had kind of a, you know, a, a pivotal reckoning, you know, about understanding, you know, what I really wanted in life. And was it a small town existence or was it, you know, a big town life? And uh, I think I really said, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but I've never tried kind of uh, living in the Midwest before. And I had this great opportunity and I met these wonderful people. And I said, you know what? I want to. I want to give it a shot. Um, 
I'm going to go out there. I'm going to see what this is all about. And I want to understand kind of, you know, um, what, you know, middle America is all about. And I loved it. You know, I loved the people and I loved, you know, um, the, I mean, the cost of living here is fantastic, you know, compared to the coasts. Um, and I found that, um, there was kind of a creative niche that, that I could fill, um, in the world that, um, that, you know, was, uh, was something that I was really interested in and kind of share some of the storytelling and, um, ideas that I had, um, you know, amassed through, you know, years of service and, and, and all the different venues as we talked about before. Um, and the incredible thing is that I came here at a, a renaissance in kind of the Columbus, Ohio world. Um, it was, you know, I think it was thought to be, you know, Cowtown, you know, everybody's all like, oh, it's kind of a, you know, Cowtown backwards, that sort of thing. And, uh, there were some remnants of that, you know, I, I moved uh, to Newark first when I was, uh, uh, living here, you know, uh, when I first moved to Longmorter, I lived in Newark, and Newark is is a very rural town, and beautiful town, but uh, but very rural. Yeah. Certainly not what I was used to. I know. Um, listen, Carrie and I both grew up there, so Carrie, that our listeners know the Newark vibe. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some of our guests we've definitely had on from that area, so. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, you know, uh, a lot of salt of the earth people and a lot of people that have, uh, very different perspectives than, than, you know, what I was used to. Um, I had come from this melting pot of, um, uh, you know, different, uh, ethnicities and beliefs and all of those sorts of things in LA. And it was very polarized in, in, in Newark. And that was an adjustment for me and it was an opportunity actually, and, uh, to kind of share, um, some of what I learned in, you know, California and that sort of thing. And, and people were open to it. They just didn't know about it. Taking two steps back. Sorry. Can't help it. Um, but you mentioned that nine 11 was kind of like a pivotal moment. And interestingly enough, the guest we had on right before you, um, you know, I think he said he was in his late twenties. Would he have been in his late twenties? Well, I'm trying to think of how old I was when it was 9-11, but he was on a path, had a job, college, and signed up for the Marines, you know, the week after 9-11. And you saying that you kind of looked at your life and decided to make what is a really a big pivot um, and change your narrative and moving to the Midwest. You mentioned 9-11. It makes me wonder how many people really made, you know, a big life change in that moment. And why do you feel like that moment has that impact on people? Well, I think, I think it's one of those things that you, um, it really gets you in touch with the fact that life is finite. You know, I think the pandemic did the same thing. And I think Mm -hmm. we're seeing this all over again with, with folks that, you know, they're reevaluating what life should look like for them and what they want life to be. And I think, you know, it gave people, you know, time to pause and really think about, you know, what do I want my life to be? How do I want to build it? And I think 9-11 was also that, uh, for lots of people, um, and kind of, you know, understanding, 
um, that you wanted to make an impact and where, where you could do the most good, where you could make the biggest impact. You wanted to kind of find that place. And I think we're all finding that place now here as well after the pandemic. Um, but that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of the, the, the impetus. And that was kind of, you know, the reasoning behind why I thought, you know, I needed to try something new. Do you feel like LA, I mean, LA, New York city, I feel like big cities, sweet spots, obviously you definitely made your mark, you know, in both those places. But do you think that moving to Ohio to what was a very different place and not a melting pot in a lot of ways, but even just the company, um, do you feel like you could see your impact on a greater scale more quickly because it was so small town versus that big city big corporate Disney universal feel? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I am able to do, you know, kind of more good, uh, uh, for the world, I hope. Um, because in, you know, kind of that corporate world in, in the Disney world or in the universal world or in any of the kind of corporations that I worked with before, um, it is, you know, it's a machine, as I said, I, I think in our last uh, conversation. Um, and this is more organic. And I think uh, I deal better in a more organic, you know, kind of situation or a more organic environment. Um, and I think that, you know, it was at a time when the rise of kind of experiential, um, experiential entertainment was, was, was kind of uh, on the rise. And I think that, you know, bringing that to, um, a smaller pond, uh, was, you know, was very effective for me. And I think it was very effective for, for those that I could share, you know, my, uh, uh, my, my skills with. And the, the other thing I wanted to, to make very clear, and, and I didn't make it very clear in kind of our first conversation was that the thing to always keep in mind is that nobody does this alone. None of us do this alone. There are teams behind us that that create all of the things that we do, and you know we may be driving forces, we may be the uh, you know the impetus, but we don't do it alone. It is a team, you know. Uh, it it as they say, it takes a village, and it truly does. And especially in the event world, and especially in the entertainment world, it definitely takes a team. You know, maybe there's an idea, there's a spark of an idea, but you need so many people who are so incredibly talented to, you know, back you up and help you and guide you um, and kind of point you in the right direction in order for it to become something that's magical. So basically you're giving a shout out to to your Mills James peeps right there. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. Look good every single day. I actually should tell you, Roderick, that I was just at Target and I saw a guy with a Mills James t-shirt on and I almost told him that we were getting ready to do this. And then I was like, he'll think I'm completely crazy. Um, (laughs) But I thought about it. I honestly thought about it. No, you're right. I mean, um, there are so many parts and pieces to what you do and um, sort of vision. But, you you know, every single person that is on a job like that, or even an experience at Disney or Universal, or it's it's every single person that makes the magic happen and the vision come to life and even helps you pivot, pivot what your creative idea might've been and then shift to something else. 
I do want to tell the listeners because, you know, we have people everywhere that they're like, okay, we had Tammy Longaberger on and Longaberger, I looked at the company, you know, Longaberger did have an event um, space. And so there were a lot of creative event things going on there. We had like 30 tour buses a day. And then also from a corporate company perspective, we had conventions that had, you know, 10,000 people. And so they might be thinking like, why Universal Disney to Longaberger? But at that time, you know, definitely something um, like what you brought from a vision, from making things come to life, from that experience, that's what Longaberger needed and was looking for. And you definitely helped fill that space, that creative space. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think at, uh, uh, I think at our peak, we were at 16,500 people. Um, that attended, you know, kind of the three Bs that we did, the three conventions. Um, so it was a lot of impact and a lot of, you know, a lot of people that, you know, we could inspire, a lot of people that um, had aspirations to, you know, kind of change their life. And, you know, the reason I chose Longover is because I believe that, not because, um, you know, I... I thought it would be, you know, kind of a fun gig. I just, I believed in the people. I believed in what they were doing. I saw the impact that it had on people's lives. And I'm really proud of the work I did there. And I think I'm proud of everybody's work um, that was done there because, uh, you know, from Tammy on down, it was uh, a labor of love. And I think a lot of people were able to create lives for themselves that they couldn't elsewhere. And I think that there are some really good companies who are kind of following in those footsteps and um, really doing good work. And, you know, I'm honored to be able to work with some of those people as well um, and kind of, you know, continue that legacy of, of kind of giving back and helping those people achieve their best selves. Yeah. A shout out to Longenberger in the sense too, that I do think, um, you know, as we grow older and all the things we have this incredible network of people that we can go back and look to that we worked with or we still have that connection with or friendship or reach out to for advice or want to work with again in some aspect and I can say that I do think that Longaberger did bring in incredibly talented smart people that really helped grow that business and company but that I look at now that are off doing other things but you know, when I look at where they're even at now, I'm like, those people were incredibly brilliant and smart that were all pulled into this little tiny small town of Newark, Ohio. Yeah. And no, it was, it came from there for sure. Yeah. No, it's truly incredible. And now they're off doing, you know, amazing things in, in all corners of the world. And uh, it's, it's, it's really, you know, wonderful to see because it was such a kind of an amazing time, kind of, uh, you know, when, all of those kind of folks were brought together and, you know, we were all, you know, working towards this, you know, goal of, of making this a, you know, world-class business, which it was, and, you know, making it kind of a sustainable world-class business. And, you know, the, the, the people who, you know, we interacted with, um, as, as you well know, um, continue to be, you know, close, you know, allies and friends of, <laughs> of ours. And there is something about the bond of being in that situation and being so, you know, 
guided by that one, you know, North star that bonded us together forever. And now in, you know, in all, you know, different aspects of everyone's lives, we still touch each other, you know, and come together and, um, you know, work with each other whenever we can, because it was such a, you know, such a good time for us. And I think, uh, you know, we get a little nostalgic about some of those moments. Um, but we also understand that, you know, it was the best of the best, you know, it was the best of the best that was brought together to, to kind of drive the business. And so now we, you know, know what the best looks like and we, you know, we want to continue to work with those folks. Totally agree. Okay. So the first time that I kind of heard your name or knew, knew something big was happened when I went to the convention and the tree grew on stage. Like that's the, that's my first Roderick Polly moment. <laughs> um, and you can explain what I mean by that, but we were at convention and it was like kind of the beginning and this tree, this huge tree grew on stage and it was incredible. And it, you know, people talked about it forever afterwards. One, tell us about the tree. And then two, is there a moment that when you look back at that long over time that you're most proud of or a moment that you just go that you think of when you think about Longaberger or is it just the people that we just talked about you know it's, it's, it's a lot of the people and you know kind of the the, the relationships we were able to to, to uh, you know grow and uh, you know kind of build upon but yeah there were some definitely some really cool moments um, yeah I remember pitching that uh, growing a 25 foot tree on stage and then kind of bringing in the foliage from above and like an Austrian curtain style, um, was, uh, thought to be insane. Like <laughs> people yeah. looked at me like I, I had, you know, 17 heads and, uh, I remember pitching it in, um, in a meeting with, you know, all the executive team. And, um, uh, you know, I had a music soundtrack that I was playing and, you know, I kind of acted it all out and all the different beats and that sort of thing. And they're just like, wow, this guy's really over the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I said, no, I said, this is a powerful moment. And I said, you know, this is, this is something that we need to do because, you know, that truly Longaberger thing was like so prevalent and, you know, we wanted it to really be something that everyone could identify with. And so we wanted to create a moment that, people could talk about that they could, you know, tell their friends about that they could tell, you know, kind of the tale about maybe share some video, um, and really say that this is what, you know, kind of embodies it and growing that maple tree, which is of course what Longaberger baskets are made out of on stage was like that moment to really kind of kick it off and say, this is, you know, how important this brand is, you know, to who we are. Um, and so, you know, I worked with some extremely talented people um, to, to be able to kind of create that moment. They also thought it was absolutely insane, um, but they loved the challenge of it. You and, know what I love about that, though, is I feel like it's it's tried and true and following Dave Longaberger's footsteps in the sense that I always like to share that with Dave Longaberger, it was kind of like there wasn't the ability to not do something. He didn't. He didn't. I don't want to say he didn't research, but it was kind of like, no, or this can't happen, or that's too crazy, just inspired him to work even harder. And I think sometimes, especially in today's world, 
we know all of the reasons that you can't send a song that you wrote to a record label or a book that you wrote, or we have all of the data and, and the ways. And so we don't try to do things because we think we already know how it's going to happen or that it can't happen or why it can't happen. And I feel like the tree on stage is a perfect example of Dave Longaberger <laughs> tried and true that he was like, no, I'm building the corporate office to be a basket. And everyone said, you're bananas. And he was like, nope, I'm building the corporate office to be a basket. So I think <laughs> it, it, it's right, right in line with Longaberger in general. It's very true. And, and I think there was another moment that I think, uh, uh, Dave would, would have uh, approved of. And I think that was, uh, you know, when we entered the Tournament of Roses Parade. Yes. And that's one of my proudest moments, I think. Um, you know, winning the President's Award the first time out um, for Longaberger and really sharing that brand with the entire world because I had never heard of Longaberger, you know. And I, I lived in some, you know, pretty big cities and some places where, you know, certainly... Um, we had lots of uh, consultants and um, I had never known about this brand at all. I knew nothing about it. I didn't know that there was this, you know, seven story basket in the middle of Newark, Ohio. Um, and I was astounded by that. And I said, we have to get this word out. We have to do it. And it seems so natural that the tournament of roses parade is all about, you know, using natural and, you know, uh, kind of fresh flowers and, uh, you know, wood and all of those different things. Um, it just seemed like a perfect, uh, a perfect avenue for us to kind of share with the world. And, uh, it was, it was fantastic. It was a fantastic moment. And I had grown up, you know, coming from California, you know, watching the Rose Parade every New Year's day and knew what an impact, you know, those floats had on, you know, kind of people's understanding or um, vision of, you know, whatever brand they were representing. So I just saw it as a, a incredible synergy with what we were trying to do with Longaberger. And, and uh, I love you pulled the consultants into that as well, right? Like they were we able did. to help, I think. Yes, they, they were, they were on the float. Yeah. I think we had, uh, I think 12 consultants that, uh, were in like a contest, um, uh, that, uh, they could qualify for and, uh, uh could win, win their, uh, kind of seat on the float. Um, and we had, uh, folks, you know, that, uh, rallied to, uh, put flowers on the float, um, you know, and, and help build it as well. And I think that was a really cool moment. We had probably about four or five days where uh, we had lots of uh, longer consultants coming in from uh, all over um, to, to help us build the float. And they got to actively be involved with creating this incredibly beautiful moment. So, so tell me a little bit, one more second about that, this whole experience. So do you come up with the float idea, what it's going to look like, how you're going to do it. And then I'm assuming that you have to do it on, I wasn't a part of this, so I don't know, sure. but on spot, in the moment, you know, and then I mean, I don't want to say just hope that it comes to be what you thought, but in a way, hope that it comes to be what you thought. So uh, we... Uh... I did some research and I, and I looked into kind of the Turner Rose Parade. I looked into 
um, who were the premier kind of float builders. And I consulted with them and I went out to California and I met with them and I talked to them about kind of, okay, talk to me about, you know, what the process is, because it's, it's a difficult process to even get in the Rose Parade. Um, they don't accept everybody. Um, you, you know, you have to have a credible story. You have to have a credible connection. Um, and so, you know, I talked to them about, you know, we have this great brand. I think it's a, an incredible fit. I think that, you know, the, the tournament of roses would, would approve this, you know, uh, bid, um, you know, what, what are your thoughts and then how, you know, what are the next steps? And so they said, we absolutely think this is a perfect fit. We, we do, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, 35 years or whatever it was. Um, and, uh, they had, you know, award-winning designers and, you know, we, uh, you know, came up with a spark of an idea and they kind of, you know, brought it to life for us. Then we pitched it to kind of the tournament of roses committee, um, had to wait, you know, uh, a, a while to find out if we were actually going to be accepted and then learned we were going to be on the list, got accepted. And then the kind of creative process began of, okay, what do we want to do? Um, and one of the things that, uh, Longerberg had already had was kind of their sweetheart basket, um, for Valentine's Day, this is, you know, January 1st. So it was a perfect time to kind of launch a new kind of sweetheart basket. Um, and so we said, what if we, you know, took that, uh, sweetheart basket and, you know, and use the theme of let me call you sweetheart, um, to also pay homage to kind of, you know, the history of, of basket making and, um, you know, kind of that legacy and give it a little bit of, you know, kind of a, a vintage flair, but also, um, make it very tied into you know, a campaign that could launch kind of a, a new product. Um, so we, you know, got with this float company, we interviewed uh, some different designers and found Robbie Rodriguez, who is the premier, you know, designer of, of you know, these incredible award-winning floats um, and talked him through kind of our vision. And, you know, he came back to us with a couple of concepts and we refine the concepts and kind of, you know, massage them into something that, uh, that everybody kind of on the executive team liked. We put it out um, to uh, the field and kind of let them weigh in a little bit on it and got some really cool uh, feedback from them that we incorporated absolutely into the float. Um, and then, you know, got to, uh, got to building it and they started building kind of the overall kind of float construct. And then, um, we started, you know, recruiting people to be able to help, you know, help with the build. Um, you know, a lot of it was done by the float company, but the, you know, the last, you know, 10 yards to the goal line has to be done by volunteers. And they have these huge tents, um, that they keep the floats under. And there's, I think there's probably 30 floats in these different tents um, from different makers and, and uh, uh, designers. And they would, you know, bring in all the fresh flowers and you would have to put them on right before. So they would have to be done, you know, in the, like three days before uh, the tournament. So they were still fresh and they would still, you know, shine. Um, so it was kind of, kind of a, a, you know, an enormous undertaking to get all those people and all those things aligned and that sort of thing. And then, uh, uh, you know, 
get it uh, ready to go for for its launch. Um, and I was I was very honored that I was able to my you know um, my family's from California, and so um, they came down to see the see the float live, and uh, I was really honored to um, be able to kind of give them that experience. Um, and that was actually one of the uh, last things I was able to do with my father um, before he passed. And so um, it was a really special moment for me. Um, I love that you got to experience that, especially them being in California, you being here. I'm sure there are not, you know, a ton of times that they get to see your work and what you do. And the fact that you got to experience that with your dad's incredible. Yeah, it was true. And my, my mom had, you know, for, for many years, you know, we, the, the respirator was always really big for us, which is probably why it was on my mind. Um, but my mom always made these uh, orange peanut butter cookies. And <laughs> she used to say, they're a meal in itself. We don't even need to have breakfast, you know, there's, <laughs> because she used so many eggs and these things. Um, and she used to make like, you know, dozens and dozens of them and put them in a big Tupperware piece. Um, and, uh, she would save them for you know New Year's Day, and you know we would all get up in the morning and we'd watch you know the New Year's Day parade, uh, the rose parade, and we would eat these cookies. And so it was like this tradition that we had for years and years and years. And so my mom actually brought those cookies to the parade, and was actually <laughs> we were actually able to eat these cookies, you know that oh, we had, yeah. that we had ate for so many years. Um, you know, with all along with friends, you know, while watching this, this parade live. So it was a really, really special moment. And, uh, and it was, you know, it was even, you know, the, the, the cherry on top was the fact that, you know, we got the president's award that year, which is pretty remarkable. The first year being in, in the parade that we won the president's trophy. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm really proud Pivoting of. Pivoting from there, which we all eventually did. Um, and I feel like we mentioned like how incredible all of us that pivot pivoted, um, eventually, like we had a great experience there. We learned from each other, but in general, like we made, we've, I think we've all done pretty well for ourselves, um, since our longer burger time, you know, Mills James, uh, was a company that was strong before I think you were there. Not, not that you didn't have a huge impact, but you know, what did that look like jumping in to that arena? And I think, I do think, I know you guys do, you know, tons of big, huge events, conventions, sports, um, all of the things, but I'm sure that having that direct selling background, you know, starting off with Longenberger did really benefit, um, you jumping into Mills James. I'm sure in some ways. It absolutely did. And I think that, you know, Mills James was incredibly successful. You know, they were kind of the first on the scene for kind of when everything switched to video production and, you know, they definitely had to jump on, you know, having, uh, you know, the most advanced equipment and the most talented people, I think, you know, kind of in the region. And, uh, I think, you know, they did, extremely well. And they were actually a client of mine when I worked for Ohio health. Okay. Um, so they did all the shows for Ohio health when I was there and that's how I met Mills James. Um, and then, you know, I like working with that team so much that, uh, you know, I decided to join them. Um, 
And uh, when I did, you know, I, I did bring, you know, kind of that knowledge of direct sales. It was a space that they weren't in. It's a space that they didn't really understand. Um, but as you and I know, that's a space where uh, motivating people and getting people excited and launching new products was very important and a very uh, integral part of kind of uh, their their overall plan. And um, as such, you know, those sales meetings were very, very important, uh, as well as incentive trips and all, you know, all of the things that uh, uh, that you do to to keep your field engaged and to keep people excited and uh, uh, aspirational and inspirational, all of those things. Um, and so, you know, we were able to get into that space uh, a little bit and. Uh, when I when I first came to Mills James, we kind of uh, restructured the um, the events department and uh, created a kind of a, a new construct that was called MJX. And it's been through many iterations since then. But um, we kind of you know created it and relaunched it. And one of the things we had in mind was you know uh, doing those larger events. You know we had lots of great clients. Um, you know kind of when I arrived. But uh, we weren't doing kind of the scale that I thought um, these incredibly talented people were, were capable of. So um, we definitely got into kind of a bigger scale of, of events, you know, for uh, some of the different clients we were working for. And we've been, you know, really honored to work with the Avons of the world and the beauty counters of the world and longevities of the world and all of those different, you know, organizations that do those large events. and. Um, we have, you know, such a, you know, such an incredible roster now with uh, all of these great clients that, that we're, we're honored to work with um, and can do some really great things for. So with your time at Mills, how many years have you been at Mills James? Uh, it's 11, 11 years. 11, 11. That's kind of not as long as I was thinking. <laughs> it's the longest I've ever been anywhere. <laughs> it feels like it feels like so. I mean, eleven is longer. I mean, okay. So, do you? Is there a moment with Mills James? I mean, you have had the opportunity to work with some incredible brands, some incredible people everywhere. Is there a highlight or a moment that you're most proud of with Mills James, or is it when you kind of rebranded and with as a team? You looked at how to rebrand. You looked at how to kind of, kind of reinvent um, the way you were marketing yourselves and, and looking at uh, events and experiences within your the production world. Yeah, I mean, I think that that that's certainly a proud moment. Uh, I, I think that you know, and it was uh, it was one of those things that was engineered by you know the people doing the work, you know, and we sat down and we had many discussions about how can we operate better? How can we, you know, organize this in, in, in a better way? And, uh, you know, thankfully, you know, uh, Ken and Cameron had, you know, a lot of faith in, uh, me and, you know, uh, let us kind of, you know, reorganize things and, and, and kind of make it a, a you know, a, a, a better mousetraps, mousetraps, so to speak. Um, and, and that was, yeah, that was certainly a proud moment. I think those things worked really well. We were able to elevate some people into roles that they um, didn't think that they could do and now are, you know, excelling in and, uh, and were uh, excelling with, uh, you know, other organizations and growing their, you know, growing their, uh, uh, 
their abilities even more. Um, some working on the client side, some working with other companies. Um, so there was a lot of potential that I saw within the organization and growing that talent and giving them some new opportunities and autonomy to be able to achieve that, I think, uh, you know, was, was something that I'm very proud of. Um, and the, I mean, the work was, you know, phenomenal. I mean, uh, you, you only have to, uh, take, take a little moment and jump to our website to see some of the phenomenal work. We have some great reels with some, some really talented folks. Um, and, and the real thing is, is that you've got all these incredible subject matter experts and you've got them all under one roof, so to speak. And, um, it's just amazing what you can achieve when all of these people are working together because, you know, once again, all of these people, you know, are subject matter experts. They're not generalists. They are focused on what they do and that's what they do all day, every day. And because they do that, they've created a shorthand with each other and can, you know, develop some incredible things in a very short amount of time. Um, there have been, you know, some incredible shows that we've done for, you know, we did the President's Cup. That was, you know, an amazing uh, uh, piece that we did. We've done some great stuff for Nationwide. We've done some great stuff for Avon, some really beautiful things. Um, and we, uh, and, and, and you know this as well, um, we developed kind of a, a new kind of entertainment that uh, was not really being used in this space um, that we call interactive performance, um, where we used you know these large canvases and had the dancers and actors interact with the screen um, and you know kind of make things happen in the moment and to create these really cool moments. Um, and we've done that uh, for lots of different clients, so it wasn't just kind of like a one-off that we did one time it became kind of a, a mainstay of different folks that wanted something really impactful to do like Zenope. Um, and, you know, we leveraged heavy on our visual effects department and our video producers who are amazing and uh, really could create this kind of overall experience that could really do the things that it needed to do to drive the business uh, forward for our clients. Okay, so just so you know, too, we send out a newsletter when we have a guest. And so we will link Mills James to that newsletter. Um, and if there's anything else you would like for us to share, we'll link that in the newsletter that comes to all of you. All of this is amazing. You've done incredible work. When you look at, we talked about pandemic last time. So we talked about, you know, what that was like to pull Mills James through that crazy thing that we all had to experience, but from an events perspective was really, really, really hard. Um, to, to end today, what, when you look ahead for Mills James or for even yourself, it doesn't have to be around Mills James, but I know that, um, you know, it's such a staple and work is so important to you. So I think it's an important part of who you are. What do you see for Mills James or what is your hope um, or your big goal for yourself or Mills James to come after doing all these incredible things? I think that I, I really want, um, you know, I think for, for myself and for Mills James that we're seen as, you know, the go-to company for, uh, you know, creative entertainment, that creative is, um, 
not a commodity, but it's a vehicle for communication. It's a vehicle for inspiration in that uh, we are known uh, as a creative, innovative company, um, uh, which we are to some extent now, but to really enhance that and to make us, uh, you know, a driven and creative company that has that at its, at its center, at its core. And that culturally, we evolve around that creative aspect in kind of all respects. Um, you know, we've started lots of different kind of, uh, kind of new things in mixed reality. Um, we've got, you know, a holographic projection piece that, you know, we're working on. Um, we've started a, you know, a scenic department, uh, which we had never had before, um, which has been extremely successful, uh, as far as 3d scenic design. And, uh, so we're really kind of moving in that direction. We've got some great strides in the hospitality world. That's a whole new world for us. Uh, we, we've, uh, you know, done it on a smaller scale before now it's, you know, gone great guns and, you know, we're operating four different convention centers and, you know, uh, we have 22 properties in Mexico and we're expanding like crazy. Um, whereas, you know, in the pandemic we were very, um, you know, it, it hit us really hard and, and we had to, you know, as I said, let, you know, 50 associates go. And luckily we have, you know, brought back most of those folks and grown the business from where it was at about 180 employees to about 210, which is where we are now. So we're growing, we're expanding, we're looking at new horizons and, I think that it's uh, a place that will continue to evolve and continue to try and grow talent from within because that's something that uh, I think we've had great success with. And uh, uh, hopefully if some of your listeners uh, are interested, they'll, they'll come join our team as well because uh, we're always looking for great people and we're always looking for people with vision and uh, with people that are not necessarily you know, exactly in this realm, but some folks that we can, you know, teach and bring up and nurture um, because uh, we like to see good people get good things. Okay. I love that. And I think, you know, it is true that we talked about the fact that Ohio being, you know, I think Columbus is a creative sweet spot that people don't know about. So when we send that out, when we post if there is anyone that's in that art space, because I'm sure that we do have a lot of people that listen that are in that art space and are looking for something, something, um, Mills James would be an amazing place to be. So, um, it was so fun to two episodes to get to know, um, your story a little bit more. And just even the fact that you started, you know, where you did and where you're going. And, and even from a standpoint of Mills James, you know, where they were and where they're shifting and changing and continuing to grow is incredible. So we all thank you for sharing, um, your story and Pat, the two episodes now, and, and we'll pass forward, um, all of this information. Thank you so much. And I, I really appreciate you, uh, you asking me to do this and letting me tell my story. I appreciate it very much. 
All right, Roderick, thank you so much for carving out the time to be with us. Not one, not once, but twice. We really appreciate you and really are absorbing all the wisdom that you have to lend to us. Uh, for our listeners, go to our show notes to sign up to receive our newsletter so you can deep dive more into these guests and to these subjects that we're talking about. Really nice quick links there to click to listen to episodes, etc. And thank you for being here. Honor us with the five-star rating and a review where you get your podcasts. It is most appreciated. It helps so much. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. This is Greener Grass. Greener Grass.